listening to the Geeks Interrupted podcast. You can listen to us live every Monday night from 8pm Eastern Time on 94.1 FM in Melbourne or via 3wb.org.au. Alternatively, if you've got a smart device, you can download the TuneIn app and search for 3WBC. 94.1 FM, 3WBC. Good evening, it's Monday the 4th of November 2013 and welcome to episode number 39 of Geeks Interrupted, a weekly talk show about geek news, tech, gadgets, pop culture, TV and film and other random stuff. Coming up on tonight's show, notorious pirated DVD market pinpointed in Australia, Google announces the Nexus 5 with Android 4.4 and Motorola unveils Project RR. In entertainment news, Murder, She Wrote is going to get a reboot. HBO's Entourage is coming to the big screen, and it's the 75th anniversary of War of the Worlds. We'll get to all that and much more right here on Geeks Interrupted, broadcasting and streaming live from the studios of 3WBC 94.1 FM. But first, here's Fitz in the tantrums with The Walker. Thank you. 
You're listening to Geeks Interrupted on 3WBC 94.1 FM. That was Fits and the Tantrums with The Walker. My name is Daniel Olivares, and joining me uh, tonight is our regular co-hosts, uh, Andy Bloom and um, Phil Edwards. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Good, good. Good day, Dan. We're having a good night? Uh, yes, I believe we are. How was uh, your weekend? It is Monday night for those listening live. It is. Uh, I had a, uh, an interesting weekend. I had a, a day at school on, uh, on Saturday and uh, back to work on Sunday. I didn't think you were allowed anywhere near a school. Uh, it is when I'm actually enrolled in the oh, classes. Oh, right. Okay. That's so, right. Then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you, Phil? Um, I had a very busy weekend. I um, uh, painted um, furniture and a bedroom. And uh, I test drove a car. Yeah, what sort of car was that? Uh, we test drove a territory, Ford Territory on the weekend. I think you were telling me uh, a few weeks ago you were looking at getting a new car. Yes. Right? We're, we, I think we've settled on the car we like, but we're doing our due diligence. So mm-hmm. um, uh, we're trying a few others. Um, and, uh, yeah, so very interesting. And uh, then... Um, yeah, painting. And we're getting a new carpet put in part of the house this week. So it's been... I've got paint all over me, and yeah, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Oh. I know this is the this is the uh, the the things we go through as a you know late thirties married person. You guys aren't married, and and what have you, and you haven't got your own houses at this stage. No, and something something to look forward to yeah. when that time comes. Indeed. Yeah. So I, when, when are you going to have kids, Phil? Um, <laughs> when I can get it. No, I won't say that. <laughs> when I can get it up, but. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when you can get it. <laughs> and we got you're back this week, so that means that we've actually got sound effects, unlike my unpreparedness last well, week. Well, I I installed Mavericks on this laptop, and I had to reinstall all the uh, sound effects oh, as well, so that was a pain in the butt. So uh, most likely, I will press the wrong button. <laughs> That's right, and <laughs> get the wrong um, sound effect. But yes, the, one, well. the one thing that I do have to do is part of this will partly interest you for two seconds, mm-hmm. is that. Uh, because the room, one of the rooms I'm getting recarpeted is my study, and I have to dismantle everything in there. And I've got cabling, network cabling running around conduits in walls and around, you know, around the base of the room and walls and all power and things like that. So I have to completely unhinge my entire network and then a day later put it all back together again, mm-hmm. which is not really something I'm looking forward to. No. So, yeah. Well, my weekend was quite uneventful, so I won't talk about it. Not much to talk about. Wait, let's, well, let's go into... It sounds like that you, you you said it in a way that I don't want to tell you. What oh, no, no, no. It is, it is quite boring. I actually even forgot what I'd done. So, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Is that are we um, in Melbourne? Uh, it is a public holiday tomorrow. Are we getting uh, going to get excited? Yep. We're going to watch horses run. You've got to love that, that, uh, you know... It's so Australian, isn't it? We have a uh, a public holiday because of a horse race. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Not that yeah. I, mean, I don't care about the horses, but you know, if you're going to give me a public holiday, I'll take it. Yep. Yeah, no, like you know, we don't celebrate dead prime ministers. We don't, you know, we do celebrate the Queen, even though we don't care. You know, what, it, uh, the funny Freddie thing, Mercury. Or? Yeah. Well, the funny mm. thing is, if Australia became a republic. They would could take that? away the Queen's birthday holiday and everyone oh, would be in an uproar. Yeah. No, I think they'll replace it with like, you know, President's Day or Pres- something like that. <laughs> so, yeah. How or, American. And 
yeah. sort of a hint to all the outrage with Halloween. I remember when yeah. on Twitter, people, Australians were complaining about Halloween being so American, but get over it. Anyway, get I'll show you. All right, let's go to some feedback and follow up. And we got a fair bit this week. Awesome. Well, we had a tweet from Cure Huggies uh, via Twitter. This was in regards to last episode, episode 38. Last week, we were talking about smart buses. And he just made a comment about that um, he <laughs> used to catch the 901 as an airport shuttle. Yep. A poor signage at Romero Station caused us to miss the bus and catch a cab. I think we were speaking about smart buses. Uh, the government uh, rolled back a program uh, uh, which would have put uh, GPS in a lot more buses for tracking. Smart buses already have that sort of tracking. We're talking about um, non-smart buses, but we did speak a bit about... Dumb buses. Dumb buses, yeah. <laughs> but we did speak a bit about uh, smart buses and uh, their role uh, as a, I suppose you'd call it a pseudo-airport um, shuttle. Mm. 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 Uh, another tweet was from... Just underscore Kelly Lowe. Uh, thanks, guys, at Geeks on Egg. You guys rock. And I presume that's because we played two requested songs from for her. So mm. there we go. If you do have any song requests, uh, please let us know. We're always happy to cater t- to, our, uh, yeah. to our listeners. But the more time, the better. Because if you're telling us on Monday night, yeah, we're too busy, actually. We, we do some preparation for the show. So, yeah. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give us a bit of time to find a song. Uh, we have another tweet from... Um, I'll spell it T-H-M-S-N, or Tisms, or how would you pronounce that? Thompson? Close enough. Without the vowels? Yes. Um, he was giving us a shout-out because uh, Andy mentioned that this was in regards to the Tweetbot conversation we've had a couple of episodes ago as yep. well. Mm. Um, quote, shout-out to Geeks on Air for picking up with my Tweetbot, uh, for picking up with my Tweetbot, if that makes sense, on their latest episode. Great show. Just subscribe to the podcast. So thank you for listening. No, oh, we've got three uh, podcast subscribers now. I know, I know. Oh, well, we're pretty... Start getting the advertisers on the show. I will, I will actually say hi to... There's another one that hasn't provided any feedback. Say hi to um, Mark McDowell. Thanks, who, Mark. Who's been listening last week. Awesome. And hopefully you're still listening. Yes. You've actually done something during the last week instead of sitting there listening to the radio. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, this is more constructive feedback. It was a tweet from Wu Sang. She says, uh, Geeks on their feedback in regards to phablets, one of you guys called them stupid, but my mother has a disability and can't use an iPhone. The note is big enough for her to type and read. Just because you don't get value doesn't make it stupid. Some people need bigger. That's what she said. Mm. Um, okay, let's, uh, this is actually came, this feedback came in over two tweets. It was that long. Yes. Uh, because obviously, you know, uh, we saying can't use email mm-hmm. uh, to contact us, but anyway, um, what? <laughs> Getting stuck in a Wee saying. No, we, we've uh, just lost another <clears throat> podcast listener. No, no, no. In all, I, I agree. I can, I can see the value in that particular situation for uh, the use of a phablet. Oh, definitely, definitely. But my, and, and I still believe they're stupid. Not to say that they don't have their uses. Yep. I just don't see them. I don't see from a general consumer point of view the point. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd say they're just too cumbersome to use in a day-to-day. Yeah, and and, and that's you know th- this is us who you know don't have. Um, I'm, and I'm being and I say this you know in the not being insensitive, but we don't have special needs. So you know, and there's people out there. I, I mean, I design a, a product at work, and um, and I've uh, been told today 
that it's um, it doesn't work very well on um, uh, for people who have um, uh, vi- uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Part of seeing? No, 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 no. Uh, like the um, accessible needs on their on their screens, like oh, okay. they've got a sight impairment, so they have to have different resolutions, and it doesn't work on that. Which is not really my fault; that's a fault of the software that we're using. But th- there's things like that, and and I understand that there are those people out there who have. Uh, adaptive technology was what the the term was, and I understand that there's people out there who have these needs, and then I don't discount that. But as as I said, it was more about an everyday situation type scenario. What, what I would like to know, if uh, I could ask uh, Wu Sang, uh, if you don't mind, could you let us know out of curiosity what sort of disability your mother has? Uh, I mean, means- we won't talk about it on air, but um, yeah. it's just you know we're just interested to know because we can we can actually see your side of it. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I think it's a very good point she makes, but it would mm. just be interesting just for the context to get an idea of uh, yep. how it assists her. So, I think it's fantastic. We yeah. We'll go to some uh, minor follow-up news items. Sorry, Andy? Oh, before we do, we should remind people how they can get in contact with us. Uh, we love all forms of feedback here, uh, suggestions, improvements, uh, news suggestions, anything we've spoken about on the show. Um, Twitter? Yep. At- at Geeks on Air. Yeah, we have a website. Uh, just go to geeksinterrupted.fm. And you can go to Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash geeksinterrupted. Uh, some quick follow-up uh, news articles. Uh, we've mentioned a few of these in previous episodes, but here's some extra news about it. The FAA officially approves using electronics during all phases of flight. So I think in the US it's JetBlue and Delta airlines that are now allowing you to use your devices whilst taking off and landing. Indeed. So they still, from what I read, they still need to be in uh, airplane mode or, you know, basically the radio beacons or transmitters and so forth deactivated. But you can play Candy Crush if you want. Exactly. (coughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can use them. So, I mean, previously you would need to leave them turned off and put away for takeoff and landing. Uh, now, as soon as you get on the plane, they can be used up until the point you land to get to the terminal. So, um, I, I really don't see the point to not allowing people to use them, other than that if there is an incident, to have people ready to respond to crew member instructions, I suppose. The only, the only thing that I, I actually quite like not using devices during takeoff and landing, purely for the fact that... Uh, uh, oh, quite looking, like looking out the window. Hmm. But, but then if me. you want to take a photo. True. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right there. Um, and the other side of it is if you wanted to read a book and you've decided to take a Kindle with you, then you've got an option there as well. Cool. Uh, another follow-up article. Um, this was the hack that Adobe suffered from. Apparently the hacker attack was much bigger than previously disclosed. So Adobe uh, said that the scope of a cybersecurity breach disclosed nearly a month ago was far bigger than initially reported, with attackers obtaining data on more than 38 million customer accounts. And uh, Adobe also said that hackers have stolen part of the source code to Photoshop editing software that is widely used by professional photographers. Thank God I pirated uh, Photoshop. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God I didn't have that much details on my Mm. Adobe account, so do what you want with that. And lastly, uh, this was, I think, last week's episode, episode 38, was uh, yeah, Marcia? Marcia? Marcia Wallace. Marcia yeah. Wallace. Uh, she passed away. She was the voice of... Um, Edna ...on The Simpsons. And um, The Simpsons, they did a special 
episode. Well, they did what they did is uh, I think it goes to air uh, Sunday evenings or Saturdays in America, uh, whenever it is. Uh, Fox in uh, America, they cancelled a planned episode of American Dad and they ran a season three repeat of The Simpsons and that was Bart the Lover. And if you recall, that was the one where Edna Krabappel, uh signs up for, I think it was the Lonely Hearts column. And Bart creates that uh, fake. He creates um, a fake one. Yeah. The Woodrow Wilson persona. Yep. Um, I think they chose that one because that was the first episode the writers decided to explore the character of Edna yep. outside of uh, the teacher. T- teacher role yeah. and actually give her some substance, I suppose. Um, but that was followed by one of the new episodes of The Simpsons, season 25, I think it is. And they actually replaced the blackboard gag. Uh, with something that was quite quite nice, I felt. Mm. It was uh, just... Uh, so Bart Simpson was still in front of the blackboard, but instead of multiple lines, he was just looking down sadly with a single line that said, we'll miss you, Mrs. K. Mm. That's oh. nice. So that would have been very hurriedly organised. Yeah. Uh, that, that said, I think um, her character may or may not appear for some time because obviously they do the voicing uh, well in advance as well uh, before they air, so... Mm. Um, it'd be interesting to say. Yeah. Well, I think one of the episodes of this season, if I'm correct, is about, uh, I think it's the third or fourth episode. Uh, it's about a death of a major character. Mm. We did speak about that. Yes. Uh, a few weeks ago. So, mm. not sure if it's her. Or if it, no, no, they've said that it's not. Mm. They said that it was, this was not, the, the character was not related, no. Mm. Either way, there we go. All right, let's go into some local news now. So uh, Melbourne Caribbean Gardens is a, quote, notorious market for of uh, piracy. So the Motion Picture Association of America, the MPAA, has singled out, singled out Melbourne's Caribbean Gardens as one of the world's most notorious physical markets of piracy in its latest submission to the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative. I found this hilarious. Mm-hmm. And the thing that Very I hilarious. find hilarious is that I drive past Caribbean Gardens nearly every day because I live not far from there. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised Pipeworks wasn't on this list as well. Well, uh, the other thing is is that Caribbean Gardens have said that they uh, believe that the information that contained in their report is old because yes. they have made they have had raids there, but they've made substantial efforts to um, uh, ensure that dealers who are operating there are selling legitimate discs. Yep. And uh, they also claim that... Uh, the legitimate dealers there, who a lot of them import Region Ones and things like that, so they're they're not dealing in standard discs, but they're doing imports. They are actually dobbing in the guys who are doing the dodgy stuff mm. because it's impacting their business. Because they're obviously having to sell at a premium. So there, there was a, uh, a related article from the Age. They interviewed Robbie uh, Adger, who's the operations manager of Caribbean Gardens, and he he claims that yes, that that details is out of, is out of date. I mean, he's not denying that it has happened before, but he's also saying that um, a lot of the stores there now are imports, so they are importing legitimate copies of yep. DVDs, and um, they are reporting any um, naughty business. Is it called? Yeah, I just I do find it funny that the MPAA it's, have singled them it's, out. It's though. it's it's hilarious if you're, especially a Melbourneian, hearing this as well, because it, it's it, it is just a for us. I guess we will see it as kind of a. Not innocent in the sense that, that you know they're not doing anything illegal. It's more of a sense that that it's just a market. Like you're so used to 
you know, these sort of markets actually doing. It's, and it's, it's, to be honest, right. it's a dodgy market. It's like, a dodgy it's not, market. It's not like, you know, Melbourne's bastion of Queen Victoria market. And no. People go there for their fruit, fruit and veg and, and, you know, other things. This is an outer suburban Melbourne uh, market that, you know, is open three days a week and they have a miniature train running around mm-hmm. the lake there. Many, many, many years ago, I'm talking when I was uh, 18, 19 years of age, um, I used to actually want to stand at the Caribbean Gardens. Oh. Indeed. <laughs> so and, have they named you in this report? No, I wasn't actually selling. Was, uh, this, was this Andy's cheap DVDs? Or? Exactly, no. <laughs> oh, uh, they caught me. How did they know? Jeez. <laughs> no, I was actually selling um, mobile phone accessories, things right. like that. It was all above board. Everything was bought and paid for and so forth. But I actually had uh, a disagreement with a customer because he purchased an item. I think it must have been a car charger or something like that. And I, from memory, it was 10 bucks or something like that. He came back the next week because he thought that he was buying a genuine Nokia product. And I wasn't selling genuine product. They were aftermarket products. You wouldn't get a car charger for a genuine car charger for 10 bucks. It worked fine. It just wasn't genuine. So he demanded a refund. Uh, I refused, you know, went through all the, all the stuff. Sorry, you've bought it. Yeah, there's no. nothing, the fault product's not faulty. You know. Uh, so uh, the next thing I know, and we're talking a week or two later, uh, he basically said to me, I'm going to get you. You're not going to, you don't mess with me. Yeah, it was a bit more colourful than that, but uh, yeah. Two or three weeks later, uh, I had the police turn up to the stand uh, with a claim that uh, I've been selling stolen goods at the market. So it was quite embarrassing to, ha- to have them there in front of, the other storeholders and customers as they went yeah. through all my stock, which I had invoices for, but they went through every single item one by one and said, show it, show us where this is on the invoice from the supplier. And some of my stock was on consignment as well. So I had a list of everything, but the point is it was embarrassing. Yeah. And so, yeah, your reputation's wrong in a sense because everyone's all looking and go, oh, look, look at Andy's cheap DVD store. It's like there's the mm. police going for his stuff now. Yet, yet uh, they don't single out, um, you know, uh, Phuket, um, Patong Beach in Phuket, mm. which is a hotbed of illicit DVD activity. Mm, exactly. Let's, let's not, let's not um, mention uh, Bangkok as well. There. I think it's... Uh, MB, there's there's a huge MBK MBK yeah that was. <clears throat> well in 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 uh, Phuket and I'll, I won't dwell on this but we were looking for some DVDs and uh, they have a folder out on the street and you flick through the folder and yep. oh, I'm interested and they go come with me come with me so you walk down this alleyway and we walked into a tailor okay and he pushes the wall where all this cloth is hanging and opens a secret door in the wall and you walk into the room and they shut the door on you. And there are tens of thousands of DVDs in this room. Wow. We also did it for T-shirts and went into a uh, convenience store, uh, 7-Eleven, and had to go in there in this tiny little convenience store. And then there was a room at the back as big as the actual convenience store full of T-shirts, stacked right to the ceiling. Wow. wow. It was awesome. Now, we're going to skip a couple of uh, news items here. We'll end, end this section with this story. Uh, half a million NBN fibre connections are now in limbo. So the NBN Co. has culled ready-for-service dates for over 500,000 premises in suburbs across Australia, casting doubt on whether those households will ever receive a fibre-to-home connection. 
the network builder last no- oh, a few nights ago made sweeping changes to the data in its rollout map and to its website hours after Telstra revealed large-scale changes to NBN ready for service dates. And that includes my place as well, because I was within the three-year mark, and that's disappeared on the NBN map as well. Uh, however, um, Communications Minister Malcolm Turnbull has said that homes were listed on the maps as under construction, where in fact they were still in the planning phase. Uh, quote, what we're doing is spelling out the facts about the NBN's performance instead of trying to create false impressions under the Labor regime that were basically being misled. And and look, I... I tend to agree in that sense because they were stating that if a area was ready, um, like if they hadn't even turned a sod, but they'd done a certain piece of work for that area, they'd done the scoping study, they were saying construction commenced. So when that's actually not... If you've got construction commenced, you'd expect to see guys pushing cable down conduits. Yeah, so it's just paperwork had been done, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I can I can understand that point. Um, but yeah, it'll look at the, the 60 day reviews on at the moment. We'll see what comes out of that. I think we'll see a substantial, uh, reevaluation of the, um, the broadband plan, uh, as it stands because they will look at targeting areas where they'll get the best, uh, an easy win. Cause there are areas that they could have easy, that they could, that were less issues. Um, that they could have run that through, the cable through, but they've chosen politically motivated issues and that people at NBN Co and people at contractors look at the plans and go, who the hell came up with this particular rollout map? It doesn't make sense. So I think regardless of the technology, I think that what they're doing is actually a sensible thing. Hmm. Cool. All right, we're going to go to, to a song. Here's uh, Pat Benatar with All Fired Up. Cool. If it starts playing.
Geeks Interrupted on 3WBC 94.1 FM. <clears throat> Let me just adjust the levels a bit here. Yeah, I'm eating weird food tonight in the studio. I shouldn't be eating in the studio, but I'm just saying that I'm eating uh, um, basically chocolate pudding like uh, chocolate flavored dairy dessert. It is. It's got uh, is it Despicable Me characters it was on, on it. It was on special. That's in the reason why I bought the Despicable mm-hmm. Me. I don't have a fascination with Despicable Me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what, 24 of them or something there? Yeah. Um, you got 22 to go. No, no, there's 12. <laughs> 12. 1.2 kilos of chocolate-flavoured dairy dessert. Didn't we do a story months and months ago about the guy who earned all those uh, frequent fly points yes. by buying well, I think pudding? I think that was um, related to... I think the first few episodes, that that pit time period, I think Anthony Ages from Mac Talk fame, he took advantage of some frequent flyer points with the National Australia Bank. Yes. And we were coming up with, well, we thought of similar sort of schemes mm-hmm. that people have done. And one of it was a guy who was was taking advantage of free flights, I think. Yeah, with- so what, what it was was that he he started off by buying like a tin of beans or something like that, and he got... 50 miles or something for his American mile scheme. And he worked out, well, hang on, what's, he looked through all of the, the participating products to do this and worked out that he could buy this chocolate pudding, which is sort of like what I'm holding now. And each one had 10 miles, but it was far worth far more than what the product was worth. Mm-hmm. So he bought I think he put about fifteen, twenty thousand or dollars worth or something like that, converted them all to points and, you know, had free flights around the world for ten years or something like that. But he was earning points on the flights that he was taking as well. So it's, it's Yeah, there was there was a thing that he was doing. And then um and then the movie Punch Drunk Love, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, starring Adam Sandler, the start of that I mean the rest of the story is not true, but the start of that is based on that mm-hmm. situation as well. Indeed. So there you go. Anyway. Anyway. Sign off for my eating habits. Des- desserts Interrupted. That's the name of this yes. show. Nom, nom, nom. Mm. Let's go into some tech news. Uh, Motorola reveals ambitious plan to build modular smartphones. So Motorola has unveiled Project Ara, an open source initiative for modular smartphones with the goal to, quote, do for hardware what the Android platform has done for software. The company plans to create an ecosystem that can support third-party hardware development for individual phone components. In other words, you can upgrade your phone's processor, display, and more by shopping at different vendors. Motorola will be working with PhoneBlocks, who recently showed off a similar ambitious concept for modular smartphones. Now, guys, have you seen what these phones look like? Yeah, kind of like, I saw the well, phone blocks concept. I've, I've seen the phone blocks, the phone blocks one as well. And to describe it to you, listener, it's imagine if you made a phone out of Legos that you can put Lego pieces together and that will create your new phone. And I guess the advantage there is if you wanted to upgrade your phone, if it was a particular part or the whole phone, you can but by removing blocks and each block would represent a a feature of the phone so you would have a block that would be your processor a block that would be your camera a block that would be your memory etc and so you can combine whatever blocks you have and then create probably the phone you want or to um, never have an old phone again so for example one of the blocks could be uh, a card reader Uh, so you might have uh, an sd card reader 
but then you might take out that block to replace it with a micro SD card, for example. Is that basically what this does? Yes. Yes, or, you know, they you might get a five-inch screen, but um, next week, next year, you might want an uh, eight-inch screen, because size does matter, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Allegedly. Talk to anyone who has a Galaxy Note 3, yeah. um, <laughs> which is my girlfriend. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, is what... Is compensating for something she doesn't yeah, have? Yeah, probably, which is why I got... Anyway, um, I had to do it for no reason. Short, perfect. Short and perfect. That's the story of your life. Moving on, what are your thoughts about this? Do you think this concept is good, bad, or what's... I think it's a great idea. I don't see it working. Mm, Why not? I think it's very gimmicky, to be honest. Okay, so... If you look at how this type of modular thing works, it's different. It looks the way that the concept's set up. It's very different to say a um, like a PC you build at home. You know, you buy your processor, you buy your hard drive, put it together. Because size is not an issue in this in in a home PC. You've got a, a box in that, and you can fit what you can fit in there. If you look at Apple, for example, they bought out the new the MacBook Air, and then they bought out the MacBook Pros with Retina displays. And the, the last few generations of MacBook Pros have had not had a user-replaceable battery in them. Why did they do that? And the reason they did that, I'm going to answer the question, was that they said if they took out the things that go with a replaceable battery, which is like a plastic casing and the cabling that, and the connectors and what have you, they could significantly reduce the size of that product going into the bottom of the laptop and therefore reduce the laptop. So... In this case, if each individual component is going to have to have a connector and some casing around the component, so is it going to just blow out the size of the phone? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, and, you know, your kids are going to have one, oh, mum, I lost the camera off my phone. You know, things like that, so. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, well, no, no, it's cheaper to replace than the whole phone. But. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think, it, I think, I agree. <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's an interesting and probably cute, concept that yeah you can instead of paying an extra eight hundred dollars for a new phone outright or go into another plan you can change accessories my thing is like well then how cheap do you reckon accessories are going to be as well like if you're going to get a new camera a new processor on it are we looking like a hundred dollars well who knows yeah the other the other side of it i suppose also is is that yeah what what cost are those accessories going to be but does that mean that it could be based on for example, I'm looking at one of the images and it's got a big, like, it looks like a camera that's probably bigger than a different, another camera. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you're going to be able to buy a case for this thing. Oh, exactly. Because you're not going to have a standard size. So. So is this, is this a concept or something they're actually actively working towards? A, a bit of both. This phone blocks was a concept and it was sort of a. It was on Kickstarter. It was a Kickstarter to, to spread the word about it. But Motorola and, which is owned by Google, They've already been working on a project similar to this called Project Ara. So they, they, theirs look a bit more, less Lego-y, I suppose. Uh, but it does look like a sort of a jigsaw puzzle on a phone. Did you can put components together as well? But also, by the look of it, it's looking at the other images, it's limited to, limited to what other bits you can put in it too. So, And I guess my, my other worry too is that, okay, here comes a new different standard now as well. So if Motorola is going to pursue this, and let's say this is successful, let's say what if Samsung does it? Uh, could you swap between Motorola and Samsung phones? I 
presume not. Well, what is interesting here, it does say in the article that uh, Project ARA is an open source initiative, which means they'll open up the platform oh, okay. That's to good. third-party developers. And from what I understand here, it will be completely <coughs> open 100%, um, which will mean a lot of crappy Chinese um, accessories. But, yeah. but, and, but having said that, it will also open up those modules to uh, ideas. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Apple doesn't do it Innovation. Anymore. Innovation. Yes. Uh, the thing is, the other side of it is, is that one of the reasons why Apple's iProducts, being the iPod, the iPhone, iPad, have been so successful, and Google's Android is getting that way, but I don't think it's quite there yet, but it's getting that way, is... You buy an iPhone, you plug it in, you put your SIM card in, and what does it do? It works. Yep. And you can see that by the fact that a three-year-old or a two-year-old can use iPhones quite successfully these days. That doesn't mean that they can't use this, but if someone goes, oh, I'm going to go and buy this block phone, oh, well, I need to buy a specific processor and um, a camera and... Um, what else? Like, is it going to be a limited market for it? Because the general consumer that buys this stuff doesn't give a crap. Because, mm, I mean, I suppose if you want to use it for a particular application in your life, uh, you need to then sit down and work out, so hang on, I need to get this module, or this process is not going to be good enough. As you said, the average person uh, isn't going to be able to sit through that. Yeah. Uh, whereas with, uh, say, an Apple product, just get the one product, one set of specs, and you know if something will work or won't work, or yeah. etc. The, the other thing, the other thing about it as well, the one thing that does appeal to me, not that I've ever had this issue, but I see so many people that have smashed their screens on their phones. Yeah, and you can just go and buy another screen. That's right. So look, there probably is some benefits to it, but I guess we'll have yeah. to wait and see. And but see it's how, how it's how, put into practice, yes. and and will the platform like someone's got to have some sort of control over the platform. Really, even though it's open source, someone's got to have some control, mm-hmm. or it's just going to go nutbag crazy. Uh, next news item: Bitcoin cashes in as its first ATM opens in Vancouver. What did you call it? First ATM? You said, you said BitTorrent, did you? Oh, oh sorry, you Bitcoin. Bit, no, I thought you said Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. We'll we'll we'll, we'll hear back in the recording. I oh, did. We'll go back. In fact, let's just stop the show right now. That's right, and we'll go back. Uh, silver and blue ATM perched up next to the Espresso Bar in a trendy Vancouver coffee shop could launch a new era for the virtual currency, Bitcoin or BitTorrent, offering an almost instant way to exchange the world's leading virtual money for cash. So does this make Bitcoin legitimate now? or Well, to an extent. Uh, I did read an article just off topic very quickly. I read an article today in association with this particular uh, item where a bloke two or three years ago uh, bought uh, a small amount of Bitcoin for, I think, $27, and now, oh, it's, yes. now it's worth just short of a million dollars. So obviously there's some merit in it there, as uh, I suppose, as a uh, an investment, accidental investment in his case. Um I mean, I've noticed quite a lot of retailers online are now accepting Bitcoin. Personally, if I was a retailer on the internet, uh, I wouldn't. Are they legitimate it. retailers? Legitimate retailer. Well, look, my my web <laughs> did I did I work at Caribbean markets or? <laughs> well, look, uh, I, I I do run a business uh, in addition to my job, 
and the data center that I deal with in America, they're quite legitimate and uh, reputable. They accept Bitcoin as uh, as payment. And uh, their reasoning is basically that as long as it can be converted to American dollars, mm-hmm. they'll accept it. Cool. I, I don't know if it's one of the big, well, de- depends on the definition of, of, of big online stores. I think ThinkGeek might be accepting Bitcoins. ThinkGeek? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I know there was one sort of popular uh, online store that was now accepting those. those. Oh, uh, I think actually the other one might have been um, one of the Kickstarter sort of sites as well. I think um, Indiegogo or, or Kickstarter were going to uh, accept Bitcoin as well, but I'll look that up shortly. Um, it's supposedly the uh, the cafe that this uh, ATM has been installed in, uh, the owner of the cafe, or coffee shop as we should call it, uh, is a fairly uh, old lady or elderly lady who... Uh, has made a quite a lot of money herself out of uh, out of Bitcoin <laughs> dealing. So, I mean, if if elderly people are getting, I mean, I think she's in her fifties, but um, oh, that's really old. It is, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's interesting that someone of that age would get into it, considering she's not actually uh, what you'd term a geek, or she's in, not into computers. She just saw the value in using uh, digital currency. Uh, would you call it digital currency? Or yeah, I would probably call that. Mm. Virtual currency, virtual probably, currency yeah. is probably a better term, yeah. Whereas we got our analog can- currency in our wallets, I guess already with notes and coins. Mm. Did you um, on a side note, we're talking about Kickstarter. Did you see that um, they're finally like they announced it some time ago, but they're actually you can submit projects from yeah. Australia as of the thirteenth of November. But in coinciding with that, they're doing uh, a roadshow to a few cities where they're actually. People from Kickstarter coming out to Australia to talk about launching your projects and getting it on there. So I thought that was really good. I think it's also happening the other way uh, possible, which is the Australian version of a Kickstarter mm. um, service is actually um, apparently promoting itself in the States as well. So it's going the other way around. Oh, that's cool. Oh, so it's good. Like more of these sort of um, options, the better. Yep. I say. All right, uh, we may go to another song and we'll uh, find some more uh, news to talk about. Uh, this is Group Love with Way to Go, if I can get the track. I did it
You're listening to Geeks Interrupted on 3WBC 94.1 FM. That was Group Love with Ways to Go. Uh, before we go into some more news, uh, we've got to mention at the start, if you are listening live, you can also chat with us in the chat room. So if you go to chat.geeksinterrupted.fm, uh, you can join in all the fun antics. Mm, Matt's giant P is in there. Oh, Matt's giant pen is is there. Don't we have another address for that uh, chat room? I think so. I think it's tree lobster dot geeks interrupted. It's not a tree. It was a tree lobster. Do 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 do. Or the chat room. Can we just download the goddamn song <clears throat> so we don't have to hum it? I'll find it. No, because we, uh, we do things illegally here. We're going to purchase it and then play it. No, we're not. No, oh well. 3WBC, your home of not pirated music. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't pirate stuff, kids, because it's bad as well. But anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go to some social media news. Uh, on Facebook, a growing... Only people who listen to the show regularly know exactly what that noise yeah, meant. Yeah, you, you You know what it is, regular listeners. Um, all four oh, of them. Oh, yeah, all four of them as well. Sorry. <laughs> I thought someone's phone was gone. No. As well. Okay. Um, on Facebook, a growing teenage wasteland. Oh, God, I'm going to struggle with this name. Nicola Vilgara, I think that's how you pronounce it. Like, that's your yeah. name, dude. Um, <laughs> is only 18, but that's old enough to remember the good old days on Facebook. Quote, I used to log in to Facebook every day. Um, she said. She said. Uh, <laughs> a Californian native and freshman at Arizona State University. Quote, now I go like once a week. On my newsfeed, I rarely see posts from my friends and I have not posted things on my wall the past year. Now, according to this article on CNN, yes, so there are... <laughs> Uh, less and less teenagers using Facebook. Is this the showing the decline of Facebook in the moment? I'm not sure if you would say it's the decline of Facebook, but I would say perhaps maybe the the honeymoon's over, the glory days of Facebook. Or Facebook's plateauing? No, I think the commercial reality has hit Facebook and they've realised that to maintain their mojo from an investor perspective, they've got to make money. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you are getting so much... Like, one of the things that turns me off Facebook is the amount of ads. I've got no issue with them having advertising, but particularly in the mobile app, whenever you open it up, it plasters an ad at you, and it just annoys the crap out of me. But what's interesting, this article doesn't actually make mention that uh, the advertising or recent changes to Facebook is what's driving them away. It's more the stigma attached to Facebook that because it's now uh, so open to everyone, it's not just a kid's thing. Their parents use it and uh, they don't, they and, don't, and they I don't think, want to use it. I think it's not were, a secret little club anymore. Yeah, and, I, I, and there I, were some recent changes as well. I think Facebook did some privacy changes depending on your age, I think. So if you were 13 or around that Age, I, I think, I, I think, yeah, I think your your Facebook account was open. Yeah, so it was publicly yeah. searchable. Yes. I think something like that. Um, but I mean, if you're on Facebook and that was, if you're a teenager, say you're 16, 17, 18 years of age, Facebook may have been a place you go to talk with your friends. Mm-hmm. It may not necessarily have been uh, anything private or untoward. It was just 
a place to go to socialize without parents. But now mum and dad and gran- even grandma, aunties and uncles. Yeah, they're and so all, all, all signing well, up. All signing up. They want to be friends. And it may not just be, it's, I'm sure it's not to keep an eye on them. It's just to be part of this new medium. Mm. And, well, to them being new, whereas for geeks or the more uh, in touch, I guess the people would have known that Facebook has been around for quite some time. If you don't have a Facebook account, how do you access Tinder? <laughs> There are there are ways, um, but then, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not cool to have your mum on Facebook. No. Some of these kids, <laughs> not on Tinder. Um, but <laughs> but the other side of it too is that there's a lot of other new social networks, and depending on your definition of a social network, that younger people are getting involved with. There's a lot of um, messaging apps, so Snapchat, Kick, um, Line app as well. There's a lot of sort of like tiny micro social networks where it is just sharing text or pictures and whatnot. And even things like Twitter as well would probably be of some interest, maybe, you know, to follow celebrities and whatnot for teenagers. I guess the thing with Facebook is that they're probably reaching a limit. Like, I'm trying to remember like how many, there are at least 500 million users Something on, like that, yeah. On, on Facebook, and surely there is a point in time. And I think I'm underestimating that figure as well, so I'll have a quick look at the Facebook user uh, users' numbers, if that is a word. Yeah, I think it's about that. But, the, yeah, no, you're right. But the, the thing is that they... Um like the Facebook uh, platform has no, to I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite below. One point one five billion. Wow. <laughs> is, that, sorry, is that active users or just those who've registered? Uh, active users. Shit, that's a lot. Yes. Uh, okay. Look, as as uh, as Phil said earlier, they do need to make money off Facebook, and I'm not saying that they can't make money. That's what they're there for. They are providing a free service. They've got to get something back on their. Uh, their investment, mm-hmm. but I think for the shareholders, yeah. Well, I think Facebook is now the landscape has changed because five, six years ago, when I first signed up to Facebook, there weren't a lot of options for mainstream social media. It was basically there was Facebook, Twitter was emerging at the time. I think MySpace was sort of um, <clears throat> what's the word uh, disappearing. So a lot of people joined Facebook. Because that was the hip and new thing to be a part of. Yep. Now we've got so many other options, like uh, some of the ones that Dan mentioned before. Um, Facebook is adapting, but it's not adapting to the way that users want. It's adapting to the way they want. Or they they have to in order to get... To make money. Yeah. Yeah. The thing was, Facebook was a broadcast medium, so it was one point of entry and you could get a message out to friends. At the time, you didn't have things like iMessage, you're right, and these Kick and all these other applications where you could, if you wanted to send a message out, you had to send a text to multiple recipients. It cost you 25 cents per person, so on and so forth, whereas now it's just there ready to, like you can broadcast through other methods without any costs. And for the younger crew where, you know, They've got prepaid phones and things like that. Being able to broadcast rather than pay to contact each person individually is a big deal. Mm. That's that's probably one of the reasons too. Yeah, possibly. But yeah. But 
I also think that, while not specifically said, I think the commercialisation aspect has a part of the thing to do with it. Well, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I find... I mean, I'm not... I know what I'm doing. We we all know what we're doing when it comes to computers and internet, things like that. But I just find Facebook so difficult to use and unuser-friendly. Yeah, I find it really hard to stalk on people these days. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. But, yeah, I mean, like... Uh, there was something I wanted to do uh, the other day, uh, and it just took me so long to work out how to do it. The interface is no longer intuitive. It's not yep. easy to use. Uh, even tonight, uh, I posted uh, a short uh, what's coming up tonight on Geeks Interrupted on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Geeks Interrupted. And I wanted to share that uh, on my personal wall for my uh, own friends. And it was that difficult to do. It took me a good two minutes to work out how to do it. Had to swap uh, identities, share, approve. It's just a pain in the bum. Uh, and yeah. Really, <clears throat> it just should have been a simple click, one click. The whole um, Geeks Interrupted, if you if we send a, you guys send a link out and I want to pass that on to my crew on my list, it keeps going, your share, Geeks Interrupted is sharing Geeks Interrupted's link. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Where it won't let me just share it as me. Hmm. I think that's why they brought out that Pages app as well, but anyway. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, uh, one other, one other uh, social media news uh, item. Uh, Yelp reviewers sue the company oh. because they think they are employees. So a group of reviewers <laughs> recently filed a class action lawsuit against Yelp claiming that the company should treat them like employees and pay them for their reviews. Yelp believes the suit is frivolous. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's stop, like stop writing reviews. I'll stop being so into the, um, my personal issue with Yelp. I guess look, I do like Yelp in regards to sort of an overrating on on places around you, like restaurants or whatnot you want to visit. But it is people just take it really seriously. Yeah, no. I know. I started getting into it and I stopped. <laughs> That reminds me, I haven't checked in on Yelp at uh, the radio station tonight. I better do that now. Okay. Yeah, I don't want Daniel to take the uh, dukedom away from me. No, don't I'm worry. Uh, I'm, I'm, already, I'm already the mayor on, on, face, on Foursquare here. What? Anyway, so. You take it off from me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I am. of it? Yeah, I, I have to double check. I'll make sure. Okay. We'll but do. yeah, that, that shows how serious we are in regards to these, yeah. these social networks. But yeah. Um, but going back to this story, um, I mean, it is a bit, uh, I, I can sort of see their point because Yelp, uh, would be profiting, profit, profiteering, you know what I'm trying to say, yes. making money yeah. off the reviews. I mean, the data would be used for something. And I mean, I think Apple included uh, in their maps as yes. well. You can see Yelp reviews. Um, but it, it is a bit petty, I suppose. I mean, uh, I was in a fast food restaurant a couple of weeks ago and I cleaned a table that I wanted to sit at of the rubbish that the previous occupants had left behind. Mm-hmm. So should I then go to head office and demand yes. money for being an employee? Yep. No, I just yep. can't. Yeah, it's the same thing. No, Daniel, don't try. Uh, look, you're using a free social network and, you know, you could be claiming the same thing with Twitter. Or even, even with Facebook as well. That you're putting up information or you're contributing to a social network and you're presuming that you should be paid for it and it's complete opposite is that they're using that data in order to make a profit. If you put something in Mm -hmm. without ever getting something back, then yes, you could probably say, okay, I want something back in terms of, uh, you know, financial Mm. compensation. But, 
I mean, I often will look at Yelp uh, in yeah. the area I am at to find a good restaurant, to find it, you know, sort of restaurant I'm after or find a good restaurant. Or if I'm going to eat somewhere, have a look at the reviews and see what the majority of people say. So I will review a lot of places, but I'll also read other people's reviews. It's a group yeah, project, basically. It's not something... Yeah, it's like... What about you can use the same argument for Wikipedia? As yeah. like, oh, look, I, I, I contributed to this Sonic the Hedgehog article. Why haven't <laughs> I been paid for it yet? Exactly. You know? yeah. But it's also voluntary. No one ever asked you to be a part of Yelp. You chose to do it yeah. voluntarily. Simple as that. Absolutely. So, so shut up, hipsters. I was going to say, remove your heads from your from your thumbs. bot bot. Besides, if you become um, a, what's it a I think I think it's elite elite yeah, users you get free on free stuff anyway. So. Yeah, but personally, I think someone who uh, of wanker anyway. Yep. All right, it's that. Speaking of wankers, it is. But that. if you are an elite reviewer on Yelp, <sighs> we're not talking about you. No, it's not. the other ones. Yes, yeah. the other. We don't. Other, we don't want to insult our listeners. The other tosses. Speaking of tosses, <laughs> hey, look, I just checked in. Ah, oh, there we go. So did I. <laughs> and on Foursquare. <laughs> Hang on, so, someone's uh, reviewed 3WBC. Yeah. Uh, his name is Phil E. Yeah. And he's no got, relation to Phil Edwards here. He's got a picture of an ice cream bucket on his head, I think it is. No, it's um, uh, apparently I've been told by this person that it's <laughs> a, uh, one of those f- um, paper hats from In N Out Burger. Oh. oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, listen to Geeks Interrupted. What an idiot. Yeah, man. I'm going to downvote that comment. Yes. It's time for a fap break. We're going to play two songs in a row. We can go out and stretch our legs. And, um, hang on. (laughs) Have a conversation. Have a conversation, stretch out our legs, and relax a bit. And we'll be back after these two songs. Seven, eight, nine, I'm wishing that you 
94.1 FM, 3WBC. Have you heard about the lonesome loser Beaten by the Queen of Hearts every time Have you heard about the lonesome loser He's a loser but he still keeps on trying
Hi, this is Neil Butler from Radio Gaga, and if you enjoy the wide variety of programs presented on 94.13 WBC, we would like you to become a member. Members can support the running of the station by participating in the management committee and working groups, training as presenters and producers, and becoming involved in fundraisers and special events. To find out how to get more out of your community radio station, visit our studio in the Box Hill Town Hall Hub or call us during business hours on 9285 4846 or visit our website at www.3wbc.org.au and select membership. A new and satisfying interest will be yours when you join the 94.13 WBC team. We are your community radio station and the voice of the Inner East. So you want half a salad is what you're telling me. Well, basically, yeah, once I got my pants back on. Um, and, and, and cleaned up the mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, like, yeah. Um, guys, guys, so, we're on, we're oh, on the air now. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Sorry about that, folks. You're listening to Geeks Interrupted on 3WBC 94.1 FM. And he was just telling us off air, and we're not going to go into it because no. it will take another two But it involves <laughs> salads and But Andy stuff. wanting to have half potato salad, half pasta salad from the Coles Deli and his efforts to get it when they wouldn't let him. Ain't nobody got time for that. Exactly. <laughs> you should have that on your phone next time, and she'll go get me. Anyway, I don't have that. Mm, <laughs> so you mm. press the phone, what's it do? Ain't nobody got time for that. See? All I can say is I did receive very poor customer service at a particular coal store, uh, <coughs> Port Meadows. Right. But the manager did make it good. Thank you, manager. I forget his name. Ben, I think it was. Dover? Dover was his surname? No, I forget. Right. Thanks. Anyway, shall we Thanks. go back to the real Thanks, show? Call. Thanks Mysterious Calls Manager. Salad, <laughs> uh, serious business. Yes, that's right. Let's talk about Google. Um, Apple's been a bit quiet this week, but we'll talk a bit about some news that um, Google has. Andy? Yeah, does uh, Google have salad? No, I'm afraid not. Oh. You can, you can Google salad, but Didn't I can't. they have like fruit salad as one of their Android versions or something like that? I don't, up to that yet? I think it's ice cream sandwich and then jelly, J-H-I-J-K. No, I don't know. Oh. No, Froyo. I think Froyo was there. Oh, Froyo, right. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Google have announced the Nexus 5 with Android 4.4, aka KitKat, and it's on sale for $349, and I presume it's already sold out, too. So this is their... The Google-backed and LG-manufactured Nexus 5 is now a reality after countless rumors and leaks. The new device, was, uh, which predictably boasts the latest and greatest version of Android known as KitKat, uh, takes its place in the spotlight in place of the Nexus 4, and despite coming out at a slightly higher price point than last year's Nexus, it still takes the cake in terms of features, components, and other specs. I presume it does have uh, a high-resolution screen. I'm just trying to find... A link which has all the stats as well on it. But I, I think it's got a, a Quadcom 800 processor, 2.3 gigahertz. It's a 5-inch screen, which I think is 440-something. Um, Not sure. It does say it's a 1080p display. Yes. Uh, 2 gig of RAM as well. Yeah, um, 4G and uh, Wi-Fi, of course. Just having a look at it at the moment. So it's, it's a fairly high-spec device yes. on the higher end. It's, it's quite high-spec considering the price you're paying for it. So with many um, the new release phones like your iPhone 5S and your your Galaxy Notes as well, that's already hitting the $800 mark plus, but this phone is hitting more than half. 
Okay, so they're stating here uh, 4.95 inch display with 1920 by 1080 uh, display with 445 pixels per inch. Um, Gorilla Glass. Gorilla Glass 3. 3, I should say, sorry. 1.3 megapixel front facing, 8 megapixel rear facing. Uh, weighs 130 grams. It's got talk time of up to 17 hours, standby time of up to 300 hours, uh, and internet time of 8.5 on Wi-Fi and up to 7 on LTE. Wireless charging built-in, built-in speaker, uh, audio connector, uh, stereo audio connector, of course, um, and a Qualcomm Snapdragon 8. 100 2.3 gigahertz processor. The inbuilt wireless uh, charging thing is interesting as well because I mm. found out with the Samsung device, the um, Galaxy S4, you had to buy that as a separate item. So that's $40 to get a new case, a back cover for it, so it can actually do wireless charging, and $70 to actually get a wireless charging um, plate. But I think you need to buy the plate for this. Yes, well, at least you save yourself 40 bucks yep. already. No. Oh. Um, with this announcement is also the announcement of its new operating system, Android 4.4, also known as KitKat. And a few interesting features with this is it's um, upgraded its Google Now features. It's always listening. So if you have the phone on and you say, OK, Google, it will activate the um, the Google Now search, which think of it as its Siri. And you can ask it any questions and you can actually Google it or or, or do whatever tasks that similar things that you do with Siri, like set up a, an appointment or... Okay, but with, with uh, Siri, you actually have to hold down, for example, hold down the home button for <laughs> a couple of seconds for it to become active. So it just means you can just talk at the phone. Yes. Without having to do anything, just say phone. It, you, would, you would have to... Lo- um, so the phone will be unlocked. So it can't work while the screen is off. It doesn't work whilst the screen is... The, the light, the, the screen is lit, but it hasn't been unlocked yet. Has to be opened, and then you can you can actually start talking to it as well. Mm. Uh, other upgrades with the operating system is that it's um, built so it can support lower end phones as well. So I'm presuming that this opens up the possibility for let's say cheaper or slower Android phones can uh, be supported with uh, this new um, KitKat operating system. Hmm. And what else have we got here? Uh, lower power sensors without battery drain, so presumably better um, uh, power saving features as mm. well. And I think um, one last item is that uh, the enhanced NFC payments as well. Um, so I believe you can emulate cards on it as well. So there's some new features when it, with um, its NFC technology. Now, you guys are interested in buying one or no? Um, <clears throat> I would be interested in buying one to try it out, but I'd probably get rid of it. But it's not like a tablet where you like you need to have your phone SIM card in it for it to work, and I'm not getting rid of my iPhone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. I've got a couple of It does look like a good device, and I would it, recommend it, it to people who want an Android. It does. Right? I think... But with my experience that I've been finding with the Samsung phone, apart from uh, rooting it, uh, don't be dirty, in order to install, it. Mm, um, in order to install uh, custom ROMs on it, I think if you had the Nexus range, you, any new update with uh, Android, you get it straight away as well, instead of waiting for it to go through the third-party manufacturer and then waiting for 
a um, your telco, and I'll just update it as well. Cool. Next, uh, more Google news. A Google Glass 2 is coming, finally compatible with prescription lenses. Now I'm interested. <laughs> okay. I am a glasses right. wearer. FYI, the next version of Glass will finally be compatible with people who already wear glasses via, quote, future lines of shades and prescription frames. The second edition of Glass will also include a mono earbud, likely replacing the terrible bone conductor speaker in the current version. It does sound terrible. Still, mono-only sound remains a bit of a disappointment, as listening to music on Glass will be a very useful feature. Upgrades will go out to existing users in November. We just don't know how much. So if you recall, a few months ago, uh, Google did have a call-out for um, people to um, be part of the, these are still considered beta, the Google Glass, and they coughed up $1,500 if they were selected. Uh, Presumably, they will be getting these upgraded glasses as well. So they do, do, if you do look at the images of them, and I will chuck this link in the chat room if you're listening live, uh, it does look pretty much like the... um, your normal uh, Google Glass that you've seen, but there is, on the right side, is an earpiece, and presumably these now fit uh, prescription lenses as well. Hmm, very interesting. You are there? I'm talking a bit. I know you are. Yes. Andy's not being very... I know. (laughs) I was just posting something to our Twitter feed. Ah, okay, cool. Uh, so, Google Glass not available in Australia yet. No, no, no. It's only it's only a US thing, mm. and it's difficult to get them anyway. Like it's really a developer product. Yeah, so. it is. It's it's probably it's considered a developer product, and I think there's only a handful of people in Australia that would have it as well. But they have their so ver- most likely being Google employees here. So would version two be more widespread availability? There's some rumours it may be, but I doubt it. I reckon it's still going to be it'll be uh, beta. Beta, whatever you want to pronounce it, product. So. Beta. Beta. Mm. Did you hear about the woman who got uh, a ticket from the California cops? Yes. So, yeah, if you do have Google Glass, just be careful of wearing it and driving at the same time. Yeah, that's a really interesting one. So we've seen private establishments like bars ban Google Glass. We've seen social backlash about Google Glass being... Uh, for being glass holes, the term is lamer than the deck. But one place at Google Glass hasn't been banned yet, although it is in the works, your car. Not anymore. Um, Cecilia uh, Abade was just issued a ticket for driving while wearing Google Glass. Now, let's be fair. It says she was wearing it, but what was she doing at the same time as driving? Was she... Was it distracting, taking away from her ability to drive? Or I don't think the article actually goes into that. No, I think it's more the point that she was uh, fine for wearing glass while driving as well. And the whole distraction thing could be debatable. But then even then, I guess in regards to uh, driving rules or driving safety, you shouldn't have anything that should distract you. Well, just having a quick look here at the uh, the law, and the particular uh, law that she was uh, cited under states that, it's a bit long, I'm sorry, a person shall not drive a motor vehicle if a television receiver, video monitor, TV or video screen or any other similar means of visually displaying a television broadcast or video signal, blah, 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 is operating and is located in the motor vehicle at a point forward of the back of the driver's seat. So basically it says that if such a device is in use at the time. Um, 
But the article does go on to say that there are some exceptions to the law, which would possibly mean that Google Glass is a valid exception to. And that one of those is a visual display used to enhance or supplement the driver's view or ability to drive. So I don't know if she's going to contest this, but it, uh, a, court, I would. a court may see things differently. Uh, but what's interesting, this is probably the first case of its kind, if it does go through to hmm. court. And it'll be interesting to see how... They call them magistrates, so I think they're just judges in, yeah, the, in the lower yeah. courts. It's just um, a, a judge of a district court, I think. Yeah. Um, it'll be a test case almost, basically, to see how uh, the uh, judiciary look at this new technology. Is it is it a legitimate exception to the law? Do they understand how Google Glass works? Things like that. So it'll be interesting to see. Hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Let's go into some big yeah. Sorry, go on. That's all right. Let's go into some Apple news as well. We'll go through the one item we have um, in regards to Apple. Apple's uh, fourth quarter results have come out. So Apple have published their Q4 2013 financial results for the quarter that ended on September 28, 2013. The company posted revenue of 37.5 billion dollars. The company sold 14.1 million iPads, 13.8 million iPhones and 4.6 million max, earning a quarterly net profit of $7.5 billion. Wow. That is a loss mm. of money, Apple. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they, they're, still, they're still turning it over, and they're still making more money than anyone else per device sold in the industry. Mm. So there you go. There was also uh, The Guardian has done a um, report on a few things that Tim Cook has expressed uh, during the actual uh, quarterly um, uh, results, um, and it has five things that they've learnt during the announcement. Uh, point one was there may not be enough iPad minis with retina displays to go around by Christmas. So having just announced two brand new iPads, the iPad Air and the iPad Mini, Apple doesn't seem confident that supply of the new iPad Mini will keep up with demand. During the earnings call, Cook said that it's not clear if we'll have enough stock for the new iPad Mini to meet the demand for launch on 1st of November. It's not clear that everyone who wants one will be able to find one. That means supplies of the new iPad Mini will likely be limited in the run-up to an iPad Christmas. Well, we did hear, uh, well, the iPad Air, uh, which is the new full-size uh, iPad, that was released on the 1st of November. That was, uh, what, three, four days ago? Yep. Uh, it was rumoured that that would be in in abundance, there would be no issues with supply, and that pretty much was the case on launch day. You could just walk into an Apple store any time of the day, there'd be one there waiting for you if you wanted one. Um, I wonder why there'd be a uh, the only thing, shortage. The only thing I can think of is a supply of retina displays. Well, where do they come from? Do we know? Do you know who manufactures well, those? No, but they've... There's discussions that Samsung are actually going to be manufacturing some of them. Yeah, I don't think they would artificially hold back, though. No, no, no. I'm not saying they're artificially. I'm just saying that they're having supply issues and they're actually getting more, another manufacturer on board. Mm. So there you go. Mm. Uh, Some other points that uh, The Guardian pointed out. Apple's still looking at new product categories. Um, Cook 
Oh, sorry, I'm just trying to find a quote. Uh, Cook claims that Apple sees, quote, significant opportunities ahead of us in both current product categories and new ones. Wink, wink. Uh, Cook continued, in terms of new product categories, if you look at the skills Apple has in hardware, software, and services, and and an incredible app ecosystem, that these set of things are very unique. We obviously believe that we can use our skills in building other great products that are in categories that represent areas we do not participate in t- today. We're confident in that, i.e., perhaps a new Apple TV and or new oh, watch. I'm up with Apple TV, come on. Mm. And please don't let oh. Phil go on his Apple TV rant. No. We actually got time, but... <laughs> no, don't, don't encourage him, Dan. Uh, I'm just looking at a website, and um, there's a website. Uh, the address um, is edibleanus.com, mm-hmm. and it's chocolates. And this has got to do with Apple. Or... No, no, I just saw <laughs> I'm, I'm filling in time. But I have to ask, why are you looking at that site? Well, I'm not uh, actually on I've, the site. I'm looking I've at a website called dudeiwantthat.com. Yeah, yeah I've, seen, I've seen these before. Mm. So, but let's get back to Apple. Uh, do you think that they're going to make a bigger push into consumer electronics, that sort of market? Because, I mean, we've already got the rumoured smartwatch that may or may not be on the way. Uh, do you think we're going to see more? I mean, yes, they've got the TV. I, I still, I still have a belief that they won't be doing um, the TV uh, purely because I don't think that's a market that they can add value to. Um, uh, with the price premium that they want, um, where they where they've got validity, where they've got a market, is the Apple TV is a completely and totally untapped resource. Hmm. I'm not going to rant about it, but we've discussed it many times in the past. But that's they're missing out on opportunity there, and I think that there is something in the works, but we just don't know what, when, how, why. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose up until now, the Apple TV, uh, the actual unit that's currently on sale, uh, which I'm assuming is what you're referring to, yes. uh, has really only been a hobby project of mm. Apple, something on the side, but it's never been given, I suppose, the attention it deserves. But as you said, maybe they're starting to realise there is a lot more in it, and in the next year or two, we'll probably see something well, come out when of it. They, when they moved into the um, the Apple TV version 2, so the version 1 TV was, Apple TV was an Intel-based processor, quite a big unit, had the hard drive, 40 gig originally, 160 mm. gig secondary, it's quite large, um, and it had a separate power brick, and I tell you, that thing heated up like nothing else. Uh, but version 2, they changed it to a um, uh, the black... Um, small unit um, with a, a, um, a an iPhone based. It's iOS based and it's got um, an ARM processor in it. Uh, I think it's an A4 it runs. Um, but they uh, they sold millions of them, and um, they've done incremental updates here and there that have showed that they are thinking about it. You know, keyboard support and and what have you. But um, they will. Uh, they, it's due for something. The, the Samsung smart TVs of the world, um, you know, other smart platforms. They are opening up their process, their system for development, <clears throat> and I'm sure that uh, Apple are missing out on an opportunity to have an app store for that device. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know, think about it. Like I don't have a smart TV, 
but uh, for example, getting uh, ABC iView for an Apple TV device as a downloadable app would be absolutely awesome. Because at the moment, for me to watch iView on the TV, I've got to do it on the iPad and then push it via AirPlay, which is fine. But do you have a uh, what brand is your flat screen? It's an LG. LG, because uh, I have a Samsung, and it's what a good five years old, four or five years and old. Mine's now. about four, four years old. But I've actually got a uh, an app that's developed by Samsung that you download and install on the TV to access uh, iView directly. Yeah, no, mine it, doesn't, it doesn't do that. that no. yeah. Fair enough. And I can't justify. My wife won't let me spend two thousand dollars on a new TV. Time to get a new wife. <laughs> Tempting. <laughs> do Samsung have them? Or <laughs> oh, they may copy it. No, they yeah, no, copy. we've copied the, the another version. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, well, we might go to a song break. Cool. Now. Awesome. We'll going to some entertainment news. Uh, here is some Beastie Boys with Check It Out. Awesome. All you trackies and TV addicts, don't mean to this, don't mean to bring static. All you cling on to your grandma's house, grab your back street friend to get loud. Bullet doors off inches, grab it with the pinches. And no, I didn't retire. Snatch it off with the needle nose pliers. Black kids will overhaul. What do you want you never seen before? Riding in the glazing, like Lord King, you know what you're Tell you, you're not going out to the town to fight ya. 
You're listening to Geeks Interrupted on 3WBC 94.1 FM. Excuse me while I move the mic, not drop it. There we go. Uh, that was Beastie Boys with Check It Out. Yeah. It's now time for entertainment news. Ooh. Guess what song this is. It's very obvious. Neighbours. Yes. Bingo. I was going to say Home and Away. Number 96. <laughs> Number 16. Anyway, yeah, Andy? I think I know this one. Is it uh, Lost in Space? Close. Um, fresh your luck. Supermarket Sweep. <laughs> <laughs> Keynotes. <laughs> Blind up. Man, oh man. <laughs> Embarrassing bodies. Australia. Oh. <laughs> yes. Can I ask you a question, Dan? Yes. Would it's this, Knockout Family Edition. Would this possibly be related to homicide? Homicide he penned? No. It's about a similar show with that similar name. Oh, um, Murder, She Wrote. That's what I said. Oh, okay. Oh. I think it was the opposite of that. Uh, yes, that was the Murder, She Wrote theme. And the reason we played that was this first news item in the entertainment section murder she wrote is the latest old series to win a remake so one of the most popular television series of the 80s and 90s the mystery series murder comma she wrote is to be exhumed by a risk averse hollywood hungry of fresh hungry for fresh ideas uh, me and my reading. The original series uh, starred Angela Lansbury as oh. <laughs> What was that? Mm. Agatha Jessica Fletcher Hang on, I have the sexy sax Hang on a sec Jessica Fletcher Every Monday night On top Murder Comma She wrote Probing your private (laughs) affairs (laughs) Oh, sorry, Dan Uh, So she starred as an Agatha Christie-style murder mystery um, Series named uh, Oh Orphurus, it says here, named Jessica Fletcher, who doubled as an amateur sleuth. You're sounding like you've never watched the show. What? Have you ever watched it? I have watched it. Okay, well, Dan, I'm, Dan, reading, I'm reading the, the news item. Right. Yeah, so. Dan is the youngest uh, member of the mm. panel. There, there, is, there is such thing as reruns. And so I no, we're not. But... but now I can check out the new reboot, uh, because the reboot we built upon similar lines, but will start Oscar winner... Octavia Spencer. Octavia. Octavia, sorry. I've been correcting you all. This is an outrage. That's your name, dude. <laughs> what? What was that? We'll just call her Dr. Ock. <laughs> Doc Ock. <laughs> <laughs> Doc Ock. Octavia? Octavia. Octavia. I, I say Octavia, but you can say You can Octavia. say potato. Let's call the whole thing off. Yes. Uh, not to be pointing out the obvious, but this is a black actress. Yes, yeah, I think you're pointing out the obvious. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're changing um, uh, race, but we should be called Je- Jessica Fletcher, or we should be called like you know. No, I won't uh, go there. Yeah, get us thrown off here. You better play yeah. that track. Uh, no, yeah. I won't say it, but you know, like Shanae or something. The really opinions don't. expressed on ninety-four point one Community Radio Three WBC Incorporated are those of the producers and presenters of the program's broadcast and not necessarily those of the management and staff (laughs) of the station. Daniel. So, yeah, now that we've played that, you can say whatever you like. 
I've said it now, so it's oh. okay. No, so it's too late now. Any thoughts about this, gentlemen? Or? Oh, look, I think it depends on how well it's done. That's the question. The The thing is, is that uh, TV series from the 80s were quite happy being, um, in general, unless they were a soap opera, but they were, in general, a very standalone episode base, whereas mm-hmm. um, I think television has evolved where people want an ongoing storyline with smaller bits in between. Um, so they're going to have to come up. They they're going to have to come up with a, a series that does that. So you know maybe an overarching murder mystery or something like that. But then smaller things in between. So some mythology, for the want of a better term, to make it appealing long term. Well, I also think you you mentioned that they were standalone episodes. Yes. Uh, I think back in the eighties, things were more based around syndication oh, and absolutely. reruns. So you could just flog off twenty six episodes for the year. And whoever bought them could do what they want with them. Whereas now we see TV shows that are more created for a particular audience. Like, look at Breaking Bad, yeah. for example. Uh, that was just one long storyline, yeah. effectively. Um, I don't think the standalone shows would work. I know, these days I know, I know. At all. I, know. Um, I think we, as, a, as consumers of TV, or downloading them off a uh, torrent site as such. Um, we wait to see the next episode, the instalment. It's part of, I don't know. I'm no, no, and I totally agree with you, but that's what I'm saying, that, that they they can't simply rehash something they did in the 80s and put a black actress in it to make it fresh. Like, that's... They yeah, they've they got, they got to modernise it. Yeah, so they have to modernise it. So. Yeah, so she'll be writing on her iPad. Yeah, and so it'll be published as e-books. Yeah. Oh, oh, God, I'm going to see what's going to happen now. Apple's going to sponsor the show with uh, product placement, and she'll publish all her books on the iBookstore. No, I reckon it'll be my, the, my Kindle. Just, no, it'll be on a Surface. Oh, oh God. <laughs> because how, Microsoft do do How is how this person murdered? Let's, let's bing it. How many t- <laughs> no, but how many TV shows did you see that they were using a Windows logoed laptop, a laptop that you could not buy? Trust me, there is a lot of them. I'll I'll keep an eye out. Microsoft had a laptop produced, whether it was a dummy or a real laptop, that had the Windows logo where the Apple logo would be, and they would use that for product placement purposes because there was a laptop that you could never buy. But it didn't matter because it had Windows. Yeah, but exactly the point. So, yeah. So, there you go. Cool. Hmm. It is the anniversary of something. It is the... Uh, would you refer to it as a radio drama, I believe? Well, um, War of the Worlds was broadcasted yeah. on October the 30th, 1938. Yes. Caused, um, caused panic in the streets. Yes, for hmm. 75 years. Uh, I didn't know Tom Cruise was that old. Oh. Plastic. Oh, Plastic. Sorry about that. Hang on. Yeah, War of the Worlds was originally done as a radio play, but it was done... Um, as as it was presented as a news broadcast, mm. and people did not realise that it was not yeah. a news. So broadcast. it was a, a adaptation of the novel War of the Worlds by H. G. Wells, as well. And, um, mm. Yeah, uh, apparently a few people uh, took it as an actual legitimate news yep. report, and so uh, guns were out and people were panicking. And you can still get the uh, the audio play of like the, the audio of that uh, is available still. Yeah, I've actually never listened to it. It would be interesting mm. to uh, have a listen because I mean you could not pull off something like that. 
I mean, hang on, I'll, I should go back there a sec. I don't think their intention was to create the panic and no, drama no. that they did. It was well, an after un- authenticity, but yeah, it was an unintended consequence. But I think if you did something like that today, no one, I mean, no, they'll just tweet it. It's like, hey guys, hashtag lol or yolo. <laughs> yeah, I'm listening to this radio station, and like, are we being invaded? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very true. Yes, but to be fair, um, there was uh, I was reading something on Wikipedia recently about an emergency broadcast system that uh, transmits over uh, television. It was hacked, and people whoever hacked it sent out a message saying that there was a zombie invasion, and people actually fled to bunkers because they were afraid of getting attacked by zombies. So you never know, maybe um, with a bit of updating, something like this would actually convince a few people. I think you'd have to get a number of different platforms involved. Yeah. yeah. The, the best you can do is have a viral video. And if, if, like if, if, if you know you hear someone tweeting about that, like Andy, he goes, when can I download it? <laughs> yeah, I want to turn it. Uh, I'll just TiVo it and watch it later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, happy birthday, War of the Worlds. Well done, well done, indeed. So, the Tom Cruise it was a movie. Was yeah, Cruise. yeah. So, the, the, there was a remake. I'm trying to remember when it was the, the original movie. I think it was 50s, 19 around that time was the yeah. the, the first movie. But then this other one was directed, directed by, by Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah. And an interesting little trivia piece on that particular movie was that they were on such a short, tight um, time, short time frame to get the movie to cinemas. They actually filmed all the heavy action sequences first, got them into post production whilst they were still filming the more of the individual close up stuff, yeah. so that they could actually meet their deadline. Just responding to um, Jack in the chat room yes i thought the book version was boring too i actually watched the it was the 1950 uh 1953 movie at school really that was the war of the worlds movie so yeah that didn't make it any better <laughs> well, I, I know what i'll be downloading yeah. uh, uh, purchasing purchasing legitimately indeed mm. Um, HBO's Entourage is coming to the big screen. Cool. For eight seasons, the HBO series Entourage told the story of a fictional Hollywood A-lister and his band of friends. And now a movie is on the way. A deadline that reports that a deal has been closed for the, a big screen uh, continuation of the series that will see all of the original cast returning, include, including uh, here we go, Adrian Grenner. Griner, yep. Griner as star Vincent Chase and Jeremy Piven as the irascible, is that a word? Uh, Ari Gold. The Warner Brothers Brothers movie is budgeted as a relatively modest $30 million. That's actually quite low. Yeah, but it won't be. It will be... Like, it's not going to be action scenes or anything like that. It's just them walking around Hollywood. I really liked Entourage. I've seen um, I've seen the first few the first few the first few seasons of it as well, and I didn't yeah. like it. And, and it did it did drop off a bit towards the end, but it was still an excellent show. I actually don't know what Entourage is. It was um, it was actually uh, is a co-producer or executive producer uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yes, he's Mark a he's Mark. a co-exec. Yes, um, and it's loosely the the idea of it is loosely based on his own experiences in Hollywood when he became a movie star, and he had his mates as his entourage. So the the theory of the show itself is that um, 
you've got this guy, Vinny Chase, who becomes a Hollywood uh, celebrity. Because he was in Aquaman. Yeah, but movie. he was in something else before Aquaman. Yeah, but, yeah. But they, um, they have, um, but his good friend, uh, um, uh, his Kevin, manager, but Kevin, what's his real name, the name of the show? Oh, um, I'm trying to remember his name. Yeah. But anyway, his, his good friend was a manager of a pizza shop in Brooklyn yeah. and came out to Hollywood with him and ended up becoming his manager. Yeah. And, um, and his half brother is a sort a, of a B grade celebrity. Yeah. He was well. in like a, um, he was in like a Hercules equivalent. I yeah. Think, like yeah. A, but like, a, you know, goes to comic cons and stuff like that. He's also and his other friend, uh, turtle. Yeah. Um, loves shoes. Drives his, yeah, <laughs> loves shoes and drives cars for him all yeah. the time. So it's them, it's them taking their opportunities, but there are lots of, lots of cameos. Oh, okay. So there are, uh, stars in the show yeah. playing characters, but then there are a lot of cameos. So there's two aspects. I guess one is obviously the, the chemistry between the characters, but the other thing too, it shows the other side we don't see of Hollywood behind, yeah. behind the glam and behind the fame of it. Well. So, for example, yeah, and as uh, uh, Daniel pointed out, um, one of the movies uh, Vinny starred in was Aquaman, which was directed by James Cameron, mm-hmm. obviously a fictional film, but Cameron did cameo. cameos and things like that. So, yeah. that was pretty cool. Scorsese did cameos in it as well. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. And um, he was going out, Vinny Chase's character was going out with Mandy Moore for a while, <laughs> and he was also going out with Sasha Gray. Oh, wow. And she, who was in it? So yeah, Sasha Gray. Yeah. What was that? Oh, oh, because someone was going out with someone. Yes. You know who uh, Sasha Gray is. Yeah, she's the. Uh, I, yes, and I do. And what is she? Entertainer. I know exactly who she is. You should Google her. <laughs> See what comes up. <laughs> Phil, you shouldn't do that to the marshmallows. Thank God, um, this is an audio only. Exactly. Video. All right, let's end this entertainment section with something that's probably not that entertaining. Carl and Jackie O's big announcement. After more than a decade on air together as Australia's most popular radio duo, Carl Sanderlins and Jackie O will not return to the airways together as the Val and Jackie O show. Hang on. Someone is changing the dock whilst I'm reading it. That's so, um, so Carl and Jackie O are finishing up. After ten years on, yeah. can I can I open an addendum to that? There, yeah, there is be, there is the, the link. If you will be back. If you had a look at the link, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, I, have, I have read the articles, but yes. I didn't look at the link. No. Um, so yeah, they're going to be back next year. So basically, mm. what the su- su- suggestion was was that they have been very successful in the city market. Yes, I don't think they would be su- as successful in the Melbourne market, but that's different. Um, and they have. Uh, were not able to come to new. The rumor is that they weren't able to come to new contract terms with their with Oz Stereo because they were looking for a substantial payment increase. I would also probably go as far as to say that uh, Oz Stereo, I think it's Oz Stereo, had had yeah. enough. Oh, yeah, so, had enough. Yeah. And also said that they wanted more control over the content, basically yeah. pull the lead in a bit. And they just weren't willing to. Whereas, it. whereas they're now going over to the Australian Radio Network. Yes, which is, which is in in Melbourne, it's Mix and Gold, but in Sydney, it'll be Mix. I think Sydney. Um, um, what's the name of it? Hang on. 
or whatever their station is. Uh, Mix uh, 106.5 in Sydney. Yes. So uh, they'll be going over there. It hasn't been officially announced yet, but they'll be going over there. And I have uh, been told, from what the media suggests, is that their actual standard deal is actually worth, worth less than what they're being paid at Austereo now. There's apparently, they're still being paid around $1 million yeah, anyway. But so they, will, they will have performance bonuses in there. Oh, there you go. But so, would you also say that uh, Mix, I mean, I don't know much about Sydney Radio. I don't really listen to radio at all. Uh, or commercial Except, radio, I should say. Three WBC ninety four point one FM. A, a commercial radio, oh, not community radio, because mm. community radio is where it's at. Three yeah, WBC, that's where it rocks. Anyway, Andy, indeed. Um, mix. I wonder if the uh, listener base for Mix might be different from Two Day FM. I mean, Two Day FM probably the same as Fox or Triple M. Uh, so you got more of the hard rock stuff. Mix might be more. Easy okay. I don't know. No, well, if you look at the Melbourne market, so yep. Fox in Melbourne is the same as Two Day FM in Sydney. Right. So Fox FM in Melbourne is after 18 to 35-year-old females, and um, Triple M in Sydney and Melbourne, who are owned by Stereo as well, are after the same, but in males. Okay. So that's the audiences that they're after. They look after two key demographics, and they try and do tailored advertising packages across the, the system to cover that. Now... Fox have been very successful in their female demographics. So um, Mix target a older demographic, probably mid to late 20s through to early 40s. The the reality is that, um, number one, the the audience that have been listening to Kyle and Jackie O for a number of years has got older. So they're trying to appeal to that audience. But the other thing is, is that Mix... Historically, even in Melbourne, as Double TFM and whatever it was, yep. has not been an overly successful station. It's been mid in the middle, stuck in the middle. I, I think in its mixed days, it was kind of popular as well. But it's I oh, think it's so yeah, far no, no, it. but it's it's never been at the top of the right. ratings pile. And they've turned, they've looked at this as an opportunity to go. We have an opportunity to go nuts here. Mm-hmm. Now, in um, very quickly in Sydney, Alan Jones used to be on Two UE which is Fairfax Radio, um, and he has given the opportunity to move over to 2GB with a probably a, probably a better but similar deal to what Colin and Jackie O are offering, where performance-based, you know, gets a, a fee, but the more listeners he brings in um, and the higher in the ratings he gets bonuses, Alan Jones also got part ownership of the radio station too. He got equity. But mm. the point is, is that, they're going, we're going to take this, look at that model, and we're going to run with it, and we're going to try and boost our overall programming on that situation. No, just just uh, briefly, whatever happens, uh, Kyle is still a dickhead. Thank yeah, you. I can't stand it. I'm glad it's in Sydney, not in Melbourne. Cool. Uh, here's some uh, killers with shot at the night.
You're listening to Geeks Interrupted on 3WBC 94.1 FM. That was Shot at the Night by The Killers. It's the end of the show. Phil, what have you learnt this week? I've learnt not to um, effectively, it wasn't intentionally, but effectively troll tech journalists on Twitter, telling them they must have had a slow day uh, because they get very defensive about their work. Uh, Andy, what have you learned this week? Uh, I've learned that uh, purchasing a Fitbit is probably one of the best things I've done in terms of getting me motivated to get healthier. It was $115 well spent. So what are you, what are you averaging about um, 50 shakes per minute? <laughs> I, this is a conversation for off-air. <laughs> oh, no. Can, can I just no. throw something? Yes, shoot Andy. Out there very quickly, we must give a shout-out to Barbara from the Indian program. Uh, we've just had word that, uh, unfortunately, she had a bit of a fall and oh, has injured thing. herself quite badly. Uh, so she's going to be off-air for a couple of weeks. But we do know she's listening. So hello, Barbara. Hi, from Barbara. Hi, Barbara. Hope you get better. Uh, what I've learned this week is uh, I've been listening to Alt 98.7 via iHeart. Radio, and I've been um, finding out some cool music. 
and I played some of that uh, during this show. Someone must have really cool must have suggested that and to you. And that was Phil here. Uh, you've been listening to another episode of Geeks Interrupted. You can find us and send us questions, feedback, and even voicemail via our contact page at our website at geeksinterrupted, geeksinterrupted.fm. We're also on Twitter. Which at, is at Geeks on Air. Please send us all feedback and follow us. And on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Geeks Interrupted. Cool. And if you are listening to us live on Free WBC 94.1, uh, stay back and to listen to the Indian program, which starts from 10 pm till midnight. Uh, but if you listen to us via podcast, we would really appreciate it if you leave us a review on iTunes. This helps us get noticed on the iTunes store. And please us, tell your friends too. And it makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside. It does. And thank you to everyone who joined us in the chat room tonight. Thank you. Chat at geeksinterrupted.fm. Guys, let's get out of here. Indeed. See you next week, guys. See you all later. Bye. 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 Let me take my love to me. Put on the telly. Hi, this is Neil Butler from Radio Gaga, and if you enjoy the wide variety of programs presented on 94.13 WBC, we would like you to become a member. Members can support the running of the station by participating in the management committee and working groups, training as presenters and producers, and becoming involved in fundraisers and special events. To find out how to get more out of your community radio station, visit our studio in the Box Hill Town Hall Hub or call us during business hours on 9285 4846 or visit our website at www.3wbc.org.au and select membership. A new and satisfying interest will be yours when you join the 94.13 WBC team. We are your community radio station and the voice of the Inner East. Talking about a lifetime